Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about the video game movie rankings according to the tomato meter? We're going to dive all into that. But first, I want to give a shout out to all of our loyal fans who are returning to listen to yet another very special episode that I'm very excited about. And if you're new to the program, welcome one and all. It's a celebration of movies, even if occasionally we have to talk about our feelings about the beloved tomato meter. So with that, my name is merely Mark Ellis. You don't need to know who I am, but... My co-host, the esteemed, the one, the only, Jacqueline Coley. How does this day find you? Pretty good. I'm fighting with technology today, but I'm here with you, and so the world is good. It is such a cool episode of Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong that we're doing today because it's a very special guest that we have that we're going to welcome in just a second. Producer Lucy and Tim Ryan also on their way in. It's the video game movie rankings according to the Tomato Meter. So you can check out the full list. Rotten Tomatoes actually has every video game movie ever made ranked according to the Tomato Meter. And it's accurately titled 44 video game movies ranked worst to best. If you think that sounds a little tough to remember, then I'm sure Rotten Tomatoes is going to put it out on social media. Or just remember, the number 44 is obviously John Riggins' legendary number who pioneered the Washington football team to their first Super Bowl championship. So if you think that that list is wrong, you can email us. If you have thoughts about Jacqueline and I's opinion or our special guest or anything to do with the show, we love hearing from our fans. You can email us, rtiswrong at rottentomatoes.com to tell us really just how wrong we were or how wrong the number one film is in the case of the best video game movies of all time, according to the Tomato Meter. So, Jacqueline, you and I were talking before the show as to why we thought video game movies were apropos today. One of the reasons being the Mortal Kombat trailer dropped not too long ago and the movie comes out. I thought it was coming out in August. And I was like, okay, I'll wait. It's coming out in April, like April 16th. I am so excited. This movie is almost here. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens. Look, I'm I remember, you know, lining up quarters at the tilt. That was the name of our local arcade. So that I we had could a tilt play. Too. You had a tilt too. Yeah. Definitely dating ourselves a little bit with that because kids are like, arcade, what? Um, but yeah, no, man, Mortal Kombat was my thing. Uh there was a lot of talk when the trailer came out about Jax looking like Steve Harvey. And the one thing I will say is that <laughs> It's it's interesting to this because I'm sorry, Jax is trash. 
Like I am very Issa Rae and rooting for everybody black, not Jax. Jax is trash. I don't like that character. So the fact that he looks like Steve Harvey is probably the best thing that's happened to that character <laughs> since he came out in MK2. So I don't yeah. know. I'm excited. Jax got a real raw deal in both the, the initial video game he was in and in the original Mortal Kombat because he does make sort of a cameo. But we might get to talk about that with our special guest, who's the other reason this show is going to be awesome today. He's a video game aficionado. He's a big movie buff, which doesn't really separate him all that much from other great guests we've had on the show. Where he does distance himself just a bit is that he is the reigning tag team WWE champion of the world, Xavier Woods is on the show in just a little bit. I am so excited because he is actually competing in WrestleMania, which is this weekend airing on Peacock. That's on April 10th and 11th. So a whole lot of fun stuff that we're going to unpack with Xavier Woods, but primarily because he's such a video game and movie fan, we're just going to throw everything into the Vitamix and see what we think about this tomato meter. And I guess we should talk through that list now, Jacqueline, because the t tomato meter is very interesting, and that's why we named the show Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, but when it comes to video game movies, it just seems like critics are looking at them a lot differently today than they maybe were, say, when Mortal Kombat came out in 1995. I mean, I think they do feel slightly different than they did in 95, but then in some ways they don't, because what's really interesting is up until like maybe three years ago, they were all trash in the critics uh, score, you would say that. But all that said, I'm just gonna read the list. First up, we have number 10, Prince of Persia at 37%. Number nine, Angry Birds the Movie at 43%. Number eight, Mortal Kombat at 44%. Number seven, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within at 44%. And number six, Monster Hunter at 47%. Number five, Rampage at 51%. Number four, Tomb Raider at 52%. Number three, Sonic at 63%. Number two, Detective Pikachu at 67%, and number one, Angry Birds to the movie at 73%. So before we get into Mr. Woods, Producer Lucy is here. Producy Lucy is here. And I just got a note from Producy Lucy. Apparently Mortal Kombat is actually April 23rd. So I was so pumped that it was not August in my head. And then I got so excited for April 16th. So now, Lucy, you're telling me I got to wait a whole other week? I thought yep, they moved it up. It got it got pushed back one week. Oh, it got pushed back. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Well, not yep. according to the billboard by the shake place that I enjoy going to. <laughs> yeah. Creation. <laughs> Fake news. Awkward. Fake Why news. Why are they putting billboards up right now? It's so risky with this constant movie changing. Lucy, do you, are, are you a gamer? Are you a big I, video game enthusiast? I am. Uh, okay. For my What's wedding. The game? Okay. League of Legends. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so League of Legends is the game I'm currently playing, which there's not a movie yet, but I really hope they make one. It's there's a billion characters. Um, it's ultimately like capture the flag. It's very complicated, very fun. Uh, but I love fantasy, so it would be really cool to see a, like an ensemble movie of all these badasses just fighting each other to the death. Um, yeah, yeah, I can. I can definitely say that. For your wedding, you did something video game related? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, for my wedding, I bought my husband as his groom or his groom's gift. Uh, I bought him a PS4 and he bought me a Street Fighter V. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we like 
Did y'all walk down the aisle to the Super Mario Brothers music? Oh, I wish. I got married in a Catholic church and they don't let you do that. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of they kind of frown upon that just a little bit. So here's what I'm thinking with this show is that Xavier's coming in just a little bit. I, I say that we do two minutes with Tim now. Tim Ryan is chomping at the bit. He's ready to go to talk to us about how critics feel in general about video game movies. And maybe it's just back in the 90s, the games themselves didn't lend themselves to a narrative story the way that they are starting to more and more now. And that that's why we have a better crop of video game movies coming out. But I will still say 1995 Mortal Kombat, pretty great, pretty great movie. So Tim Ryan, our expert curation manager here at Rotten Tomatoes is going to give us the critics taste for video game fix right now. Two Men's with Tim. Adaptations of video games are not necessarily the most auspicious when it comes to critical acclaim. And of the 44 films on the list, only three are fresh. Sonic the Hedgehog at 63%, Pokemon Detective Pikachu at 67%, and the best reviewed video game movie of all time, The Angry Birds Movie 2 at 73%. No video game movie has ever been certified fresh on the tomato meter, which is 75% or above. The drop-off from the fresh films is swift. And in fact, there are eight video game adaptations that don't even crack double digits on the tomato meter. Of those eight, five were directed by the legendary Uwe Boll, including Alone in the Dark, which is at a robust 1% on the tomato meter, making it the worst reviewed video game movie of all time. And if you've seen it, oh man, you're in for a treat. Why video game movies tend to be so poorly reviewed is an interesting question. If you think about some of the films that were released in the 90s at the beginning of the video game adaptation boom, I think it's a little too easy to think that because of the fact that a lot of critics weren't necessarily gamers, that they gave the films bad reviews. But if you read some of those reviews for the Super Mario Brothers movie or for Mortal Kombat, you at least find a decent number of these critics who are at least trying to meet these films films halfway or trying to think about how an audience would respond to them, the target audience anyway. I think also there was the idea among some critics that a lot of these movies were made, these video game adaptations were made early on because the games themselves were popular, not necessarily because studios or filmmakers necessarily had a burning passion to tell a story, but that a story was created to go along with a popular intellectual property. The weird thing is, as video game storytelling has become more sophisticated over the years, and as some video games are now compared to movies in terms of their narrative structure, and as more critics are gamers nowadays, what's odd is the fact that reviews for video game movies have not necessarily gotten much better. And I think that there's a little bit of a tension between what makes a good video game story versus what makes a good movie story. What's odd is the best-reviewed video game movie of all time, the aforementioned Angry Birds 2, is not derived from a game that has much of a storytelling arc. And some of the films like Assassin's Creed, which is 18% on the tomato meter, are taken from games that you'd theoretically think would make for great movie narratives. But for some reason, they just don't work on the screen, at least according to critics. Some of it might be nostalgia. Some of it might be passion for the games. Some of it might be that people think these are good movies. 
Anyway, I'm a little bummed out that the Bioshock movie never happened, but I'm especially bummed out that the Blades of Steel movie has never even been proposed, which is a drag. I love that game. Blades of Steel is great. Blades of Steel was an all-time classic, original Nintendo 8-bit stalwart. But Jacqueline, I, I hear what Tim is saying, and then the Angry Birds thing just kind of throws everything out the window because I would give a movie like Super Mario Brothers a pass because they had no story in the movie because there's really not much of a story to tell in the video game. But then you get to something like Warcraft, and I think fans, which I'm going to try to defend later on in the show, because I like a lot of what Warcraft at least was attempting to do. That world is so big, and there's so many stories to tell. You inevitably alienate fans just because you couldn't tell the story that they wanted you to tell in that massive universe. And then Angry Birds is like, well, we're just going to animate this and get a bunch of SNL talent in here and have some fun with the kitties. I do understand this because I love the Assassin's Creed movie and there is the critical side of my head that knows that it's bad. Like I know it's bad in my heart, in, in my head, but I, nobody can explain it to my heart because I love that movie. <laughs> I've watched it like several times, even though it's not that great, but I know that the person who made it, and I would say the same thing about Warcraft. Um, that is another movie where I think if the people making it really love the source material, that love will like shine through enough for video game fans to like latch onto it. And, and to a certain extent, I would say DC needs to like back back on their idea that they have the most passionate, involved, ready to sort of go to the bat for their stuff movies, video game folks have sort of had that reigning title for way longer with way less reasons to be happy about it. So if you want to talk about who's like been kicked the most, but still comes back for more, it's video game movie fans. See, I, I think it's a balance when it comes to the people making the movie. They have to be aware of the source material and they have to appreciate it. But you get a hardcore fan that's making a movie. I think sometimes the passion can sort of blind them. They just assume that, oh, everybody's going to get this because everybody loves this game where it's like, well, no, not everybody plays Warcraft. Or like for me, not everybody played not a video game, but Magic the Gathering. And so how do you take this and put it onto a platform like Netflix. So I, I think that there's a balance to strike there, but it, it's all interesting conversation. When you're talking about video game movies, there's actually a lot to delve into. So now we're going to play for y'all the interview that we pre-recorded with Xavier Woods. He <laughs> guess he had a pretty busy schedule the week leading up to WrestleMania, but he was able to carve out some time for us. We had a great chat. Enjoy. Today, we are so excited and lucky to have WWE superstar Xavier Woods joining the show. He is the reigning tag team champion along with Kofi Kingston. The New Day is putting the belts on the line. WrestleMania, you, you can catch it on Peacock April 10th and 11th, and you can see Xavier Woods defend the belt. How exciting is this? It is, it's not just WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania and it's in Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they might even fire the cannons, unlike the Super Bowl. I'm pumped, I'm pumped. If I get to fire a cannon, I'm gonna lose my mind. I didn't even think about that. The, the, the possibilities, if I can somewhere, uh, somehow find buried treasure, if I can yep. find it with a, by using a treasure map, I, I might enter the arena and uh, make a mandate that only, only pirate voices while you're inside the stadium. Are ready for WrestleMania, matey? Arr! 
I love a pirate voice. God, I'm excited. I'm I'm torn on the whole Buccaneers thing because I love me some pirates. There's yeah. a new Netflix show about pirates. I've binged that immediately. It was the greatest thing ever. Mark fell asleep, but Tom Brady knocked my team out my Green Bay Packers and I'm still salty about it. And I've been salty about that man for a long time. So I'm just like down well, with the Buccaneers. Maybe maybe my pain can help you get through yours because I, you love Green Bay. I am from Atlanta. Mm. I have felt yep. the worst of pains mm. being so far ahead in points in the Super Bowl to the point where I was done. I wasn't even really paying attention to it anymore. And then to hear this comeback and to have someone who, who is obsessed with the Patriots sitting by my side in my hotel room watching this, live streaming this reaction, the pain in my heart. That's painful. It's, so if, if, if I can come out of that and say, you know what? He is really good. And I'm not doing this pirate voice for him. I'm doing this pirate voice for me because I love pirates. Maybe that's a way for you to get around that pain. Yeah, I just need to divide him yeah. from the- Art artist. Yeah, which I think a lot of Tom Brady fans have to do a lot of division sometimes. I think that's how you get through the heartbreak because he knocked Jacqueline's team out and my team, the Washington football team, out of this year's playoffs. But yeah, so the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> take the cake as far as the most Tom Brady heartbreak. So for yeah. the next interview, Xavier, I promise I will do my best to not say the numbers 28 or 3. You know what? You know what? That's it. I'm done. <laughs> oh, no. I walked him. Hey, what was the Eagles? What was the Eagles Packers score? That was like... 44. I am a champion. How dare you treat me <laughs> there like is. this? You bring me onto this show and you treat me like dirt. I am a champion. You will respect me and my authority, and you will respect my Atlanta Falcons. My he brought brother. out the belt, ladies and gentlemen. What he brought out you what kind of show are you running here, huh? That is. He brought the... out the belt. He's got the guns and the belts out. He is letting us know who he is. It's the, <laughs> the raw tag team championship belt that he currently holds along with Kofi. The new day is the team and they will once again be representing themselves at WrestleMania on Peacock, April 10th and 11th. And for all of our fans listening internationally, you can catch it on WWE network as well. But Xavier, you also do a really popular YouTube channel where you talk about games, you game on it called up, up, down, down, which I love that name as a Contra kid myself. So yes. this is kind of the perfect storm for you because we get to talk about movies and video games. Our topic today is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about the tomato meter when it comes to video game movies on it. So we're going to kind of set it up. But before we get to all that, what is your favorite video game movie of all? all time mm. there's a lot of Hard good question. ones a lot of bad ones uh certainly I'm, a lot of bad ones i'm probably i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the original mortal kombat it's an incredible movie it's uh, in a time where movies uh and action movies specifically were so such a part of everyone's life and pop culture mortal kombat stood out because it was the most perfectly cast movie i think i've ever seen because then you look at like Street Fighter, the movie, the most horribly casted movie I've ever <laughs> Except seen. Except for Raul Julia. Raul Except Julia, Raul, incredible. Raul incredible. Julia. Man but was given it all. Everyone else who was cast, like Chung Lee was okay. E Honda was okay, but wasn't he like Samoan? Like, it, which is which is like fine, but I'm, it's, <laughs> what do you, Ken and Ryu were both like 20 pounds and like, they're great, probably great dudes, but like, that's not, what are y'all doing with this? And then you look at Mortal Kombat casting, psh, flawless. 
flawless. I'll tell you. I, and, and we said this when, when we, we covered Mortal Kombat in an entire episode of this show, and I've just never replicated the chills I got as a kid in the movie theater when you see Sub-Zero and Scorpion emerge yeah. from the, the green room, wherever they were, warming up in the locker room, and they come out. <laughs> and it, Because you wrestle in occasionally in Mortal Kombat gear. I imagine you have the same kind of feeling when you're walking to the ring and you have that sort of regalia on. It's got to be like yes. you're living out a lifelong fantasy. Yes. So when I was in college, uh, one of my roommates, our uh, junior and senior year, uh, we we both loved Mortal Kombat. And at least like two or three times a week, we would turn it on and play that scene where Sonya goes down into the bottom of the boat and she sees Sang Sung in the chains. And when they come out of that, about like you said, the locker room and that music, the drums start to doom, 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 He opens the door and they're standing there. And the first time you see him and then all of a sudden it's that side shot, which I love, which I love. Mm -hmm. They hit the flying V and the scorpion in and then Sub-Zero comes in on the side and mm, that's... That's a movie right there. That's a movie. <laughs> and I have a totally different, I love that movie, I absolutely do. But I have this thing for Christopher Lambert, who's like this huge French movie star. And the very first movie class I ever took was a French cinema class um, back when I was a French major. He is having so much fun in that movie. And he's almost in a different movie. Like he's like, he's like giving the business into this fight for the death. I love it. And like, when you read the backstory of him with that, he was basically like, yeah, I'll only do the movie if we do it in Thailand where we can get drunk. And then just got drunk with the cast all night. And like, they just like had a bit of a party. I also uh, agree with you. Mortal Kombat is up there. I want to ask you though, like, how do you feel about the sequel? Because I think I'm the lone person who has this like, it's so bad, I actually still enjoy it with Annihilation. Or are you just like writing it off? So there's a the thing. So um, when I was young, one of the ways that my dad and I would bond would be going to the movies and like, and just watching stuff and we really enjoyed it. And so when we to see Mortal Kombat, he loved it. He knew like I played the game and stuff. And so he like knew a little bit about the characters, but after we saw the movie, he was like, man, this is great. And then we heard Annihilation was coming out and it was like, what? We get the second one, this is gonna be so dope. And as soon as the movie started, and they killed Johnny Cage. Thank you. As a child, a child who doesn't understand these like weird concepts. I knew something was wrong and I stood up and I walked out. And <laughs> you know who was right behind me? Just as mad as I was, my dad. Dang. Yes. Who, who wow. kills Johnny Cage in the first 30 seconds of the movie? Who does this? Miss Melina with like the, you die now. I'm sorry, the line reads on that would give Tommy Wiseau like goosebumps. It is so bad that you, I am you have to Xavier's lean into it. team here. I, I, I will be his tag team partner to go into the mat against Annihilation because I was so excited in the theater. I was with my friends and I actually yelled out Mortal Kombat. I don't suggest that kind of jackassery, <laughs> but when the New Line Cinema stuff comes in, I yelled Mortal Kombat and some people laughed, some people told me to shut up. And then the movie starts. And again, within 10 minutes, I wish I was with you and your old man oh. and we could just walk out of the theater because it was just such a crappy movie experience. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We are going to, to break down just the 10 best video game movies wow. according to the tomato meter. So we do get to hear Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, nowhere near the top 10. Thank the good Lord on high. Can I ask a yeah. question? Huh. So I, this is that's not really a question, it's more of a statement because I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes website right now and I see, and I'm, I'm, I'm really upset. This has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but I, I have to get it out. My favorite movie of all time has a rating of 15% on the tomato meter. Oof. Which what is one? your favorite I am disgusted. movie? Disgusted. I am disgusted with the people that have put this trash on their website. <laughs> How dare you rate white chicks so low? How dare you? 
That is the greatest movie of all time. A full cinematic experience. You have everything. You have drama. You have jokes. You have happiness, sadness. You have an incredible soundtrack. You have an incredible actor. You have so many, so many. It's an undercover thriller as well. An undercover yes. thriller. Because with... they look terrifying. And, ter and Terry Crews is singing Vanessa Carlisle. I yes, get it. I get it. You cannot it. lose. This is the thing. This is why we have the show, Austin. Increase this is why it. we have put, the show. Put that at least to an 85. I can't, <laughs> but you can come back on and rail against it. We'll get you and Terry Crews to tag team about it. Cause he honestly talks about how that movie changed not only his career, but his life and yes. all because he leaned into a song. So you, you, you telling me we got 11 land before times. I can't get a white chicks too. Why? Why? Uh, why do we not have white chicks too? How? Because they because they need to make another Pikachu movie. Let's break down this list real quick, though. Um, we, and seriously, yeah, and, though, and now you're tell now me you if are White officially... Chicks is based on a video game. It's not. It's not. But I would see that video game. No, let's let's break it down though, too, because and by the way, Austin, you have officially agreed to come back and talk about White Chicks. Don't yeah. know if you know that, but yeah. I'm absolutely gonna okay. make that happen. But here we go. So we'll talk about the top ten list because. For a very long time, Mortal Kombat was the top one with 47 per, uh, was it 47%, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think 44, this. 44 or 47. Now we have Angry Birds 2 at 73%. Detective Pikachu is at 67% and Sonic at 63. So the top three films and the only three fresh ones have come in the past three years. Um, we also had two films in 19, uh, sorry, in 2018 who had a 50% rating and that's being Rampage and Tomb Raider. I personally like this sort of top 10 list. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to kind of think that it didn't make it that far. I don't know. What do you think about it? It's a lot of people argue that the Angry Birds movie is not really a video game movie. It if we break it down by semantics, yes, but there's not like an Angry Birds story from the game that could be translated to the movie, really. Like an extremely loose one, but like it, semantics wise, yes, it's technically a video game movie. Uh, but I don't See, know. I feel like that's why Mortal Kombat works so well as a, as a movie. And that's why I'm so pumped for the new one to come out is because Mortal Kombat is that sweet spot of a video game where we're attached to the characters but the story, it, it's like, we know it's a fighting tournament. It's like March yeah. Madness yeah. for this sort of martial arts combat that is intergalactic. And so we all go into the movie knowing that. With Angry Birds, there's like, you don't really care about any of the characters. And so the storytellers had the freedom to do whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah. Do you think that's like, better? Do you think that's better? I mean, it's kind of like, it, it makes me think about like the Trolls movie. There's not like a storyline with the Trolls movie. They just kind of like went like, oh, we can make a movie about music. Oh, let's use the Trolls to tell it, which is, and they're incredible movies, especially World Tour. But like Angry Birds, and I don't want to sound like, I, like I'm a gatekeeper, like, oh, they're not like real gamers. It's it's a video game that people enjoy. And so they made a movie, so it's a video game movie. But I don't, I don't remember there being a narrative or like characters that I'm like, oh, this is my character from the game that I'm obsessed with and I'm excited to see translated into a movie. So like, I don't know if, if there's a way to work that into the definition, but then does that disqualify certain things? I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not the authority on it, but- So I'm, not, I'm gonna go it. pretty loose with my definition of what constitutes a video game movie, but I also, since, since your champion is Mortal Kombat, I, Jacqueline and I are gonna pick two different ones and I just wanna use you as a sounding board and you tell me what your what your gut reaction to this is, because I'm going to defend a movie that's not even in the top 10 of the tomato meter video game flicks. 
and that would be Warcraft because mm. Warcraft, even though it, it didn't completely pull off the magic trick, but yeah. there was so much to do in that movie and there was just so many places you could have taken the story so the fact that duncan jones gave us a competent narrative and some characters to care about i thought that was an achievement and it should be at least in the top 10. yeah i agree I'll, with I'll, you on that one i'll give you that until we find something that bumps it out look we already talked about warcraft i i think that movie was done with somebody who absolutely loved the game the director duncan jones was very clear about that was the reason why he did this and he was coming off of moon the man could have literally kind of made whatever movie that he wanted and he wanted to make a big hulking orc homage to world of warcraft and i think it's it's really interesting that he did it and it's it made a ton of money People like lose that 28%, but it made a ton of money and it had a really great audience score. I actually have one that is way lower and I don't think it's gonna defeat Warcraft as far as love, but I have love for it because this is also the game that got me back into gaming. Because I think for some people it's like after a certain age, or at least with me, I kind of got into other things. I was doing like theater and choir. And so gaming like took a back seat, I would say in like high school and late middle school. But then in college, I really picked up on Assassin's Creed again. And so that movie like game, even though it's horrible, I still loved the the earnestness of it, of them trying to marry the craziness. It's still something I think that could be done in, better in a different form. But yeah, I, I like I like Assassin's Creed with a special honorable mention to the Super Mario Brothers movie for being so bad it's good. Ooh, See, I like so bad it's bad. good movie. That's, that's the take I want. I, Xavier, yeah, yay or nay on the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1990? Hell yay. Dude, do you realize the range that John Leguizamo has, dude? In that scene when they're, where they're, are they talking to the police? And he goes, uh, what's your name? He goes, Mario, Mario. He goes, what's your name? Luigi Mario. I was like, oh! <laughs> of course his last name is Mario. They're the Mario brothers, but Mario's name is Mario, Mario. Like that, as a child, like that, that blows my mind till this day that like, I didn't realize that his name would be Luigi Mario and Mario Mario. Um, that and that alone. And then the scene with the Goomba, when he's all sad and stuff, like, come on. But, uh, but then that reminds me a similar scene in Double Dragon when dude who's all messed up gets sad in the mirror. Like that's also a very good video game movie that we don't really talk about in these kind of conversations. Yeah, Robert Patrick was the bad guy in, and Double Dragon 2 particular, it, it was my brother and I's favorite video game to team up and play together where you were Billy and Jimmy Lee going through the, the mean streets. And the movie came, I don't know that I ever have actually seen Double Dragon. I will give that one a second look. I will give that one a chance. And that's, that's where I'm weird about the definition because like, if you say Double Dragon, the movie, you automatically go, oh my God, my memories of this game and having so much fun with people playing it. But you go, hey, Angry Birds, the movie. I don't, I'm sure there is someone, but I've never met them that goes, oh, Angry Birds is my jam. I can't wait for this movie <laughs> and all the sweet narratives they bring from the game to the movie. Like who's, who's saying that? I, I wanna meet them, so I'm very curious. I don't know who that person is. I, I will say also one that is rotten and it is in the top part, but also another one that, I think gets it right in the sense of like, you can do a classic video game and kind of take it pretty far away from the source material in a lot of ways, but still feel completely within it. And that was Rampage. Rampage was that perfect, I think, marriage of knowing what to leave out, but what to add in, because you can't really have the sort of like, you know, guerrilla movie like it is in the actual game, but by changing it and twisting it and letting, you know, the rock be sort of the avatar for that, it it made it, I think, even even more incredible. I don't know. Did you did you dig Rampage there, Austin? 
I thought it was okay, but again, it's like there's no like not like a big narrative. It's kind yeah. of it's just like a basic, but the game is very basic and very linear too. So um so like I thought it was fine, but like I didn't get hype for it. And so it doesn't really show up on my list. Well, besides Mortal Kombat, what other ones did you dig? Is there any other one that you're like, maybe not as much love, but at least we're like, they got the video game fan um, part right. And this this one did get a lot of love, but I really, I thought the Sonic movie was was extremely good. Just like, it was a very good movie. Like, even if you don't like Sonic, it's just a solid movie. And I saw the movie, um, uh, we did a thing for the Boys and Girls Club in Atlanta. We're like, you know, there was a, like a big Sonic. It's like, oh, hey, I'm a wrestler. How's it going? Let's watch this movie. And I'm thinking that all these kids don't have like the love for it that I do because this is what I grew up on. Like at 10 years old playing Sonic 2 and beating my first video game, it was Sonic 2. So like I've got, so I'm so emotionally attached to Sonic. And um, spoiler alert, is it fine if I say a spoiler about the movie? Yeah, it's been out <laughs> so for the, a hot at minute. The, at the end, when you see Tails, like yeah. mm -hmm. I jumped out of my chair, but all these kids did too. And I'm like, man, Sonic ranges so many generations and to make, to see like an eight-year-old jump out of their chair seeing tails, like there's like tears welling up in my eyes because like this is such a beautiful way that they're they're translating this world in this movie and these kids are feeling it too. So like Sonic, Sonic is way up there for me um, as just a good movie. What's what's up there for me as a bad movie is Street Fighter the movie. Street Fighter the movie crushed my soul because I was such a huge Jean-Claude Van Damme fan yes. and he was coming off of great movies yes. like, like Hard Target was awesome, Time oh. Cop was great. Oh. And then dragon. we get Street Fighter. And, and it seemed like it would have been the perfect time in his career to just take advantage and get to the next level. And instead, we got Street Fighter. And I, I think that Street Fighter made the error that Sonic the Hedgehog sort of corrected in that Sonic the Hedgehog was smart in a way because it got its trailer out a year before the movie comes out and fans hated it, but it also gave them enough time to go back because fans, if you remember, they're like, Sonic's teeth don't look right. His eyes look googly. So they literally, the filmmakers went back and said, we need to change this because the fans hate it. And so I think that video game movies give a little bit more leeway to fan. They let the fans into the room in a manner of speaking to give their opinion and help them really make the movie better. I think they should, because it's always weird to me when someone takes a comic book or a movie or something that's already made a ton of money and it's already there's already a proof of concept that this is successful. And they go, okay, let's make a movie. Let's change all these things. Like, why? Like, literally, like I already paid for it. I'm willing, I'm willing to pay you money for the same exact thing, but on your screen, and you're gonna change it for for why? Oh, well, we want to bring a new audience. Why? Like the reason it's popular is because the audience that's standing behind it is already huge enough to make money. That's why you want to make it a movie in the first place. What are you doing? Go Sorry, I don't up. mean to just go on these high horse tangents. No, hey, it's a good high horse tangent because clearly if we look at the case evidence, they haven't gotten it right very often. No. Like, let's be honest. There's a lot of people I think going into these thinking, okay, well, we're just going to do too much or too little, but are you hyped for the new Mortal Kombat? Yes, like, beyond hyped. What did you beyond. think of Jack's mustache? I So this is, this is how hyped I am. When I know that I, I'm going to love something, I stay away from it. So I haven't watched the trailer. Oh, I haven't seen it. And people keep asking me about it. I'm like, no, I'm not watching it. I want to go in like so beyond clean. Oh, because wow. I watched. Um, I, uh, I was it like the, the short series they did a couple of years ago. Yeah, incredible. And that's so that's like my last Mortal Kombat on screen memory. And right. everyone's so, freaking out about the trailer. So I was like, I'll just wait. I have something that you can do in the WrestleMania locker room before y'all come out. I, I don't know what your pre-show ritual is, okay? And because it's at Raymond James Stadium, you might find some loose avocado ice cream from Tom Brady that you can 
have a nice meal before you get out there. Vegan, vegan avocado watch, ice cream. <laughs> you should watch the Mortal Kombat trailer right before you go out because that I, I saw it and it made me want to run 10 miles. You just feel like you want to go kick some ass somewhere. And you, Xavier, are in the unique position of being able to take advantage <laughs> of that in a legal sense. But if I, if I do it, that's all I'm going to be thinking about. And that's all I'm going to want. I, I'm, I'm a very impatient person. So once, if I watch the trailer, I'm, I need the movie now. And I'm, then I, that's all I can think about. And I can't focus on anything else. Like You're you setting him up to lose his match, Mark, is what he's saying. You can't do that. <laughs> you will respect me. I am a champion. <laughs> hey, I, look, I, I might have nefarious purposes behind doing so. Maybe. Is AJ paying you? AJ and Omos, are they paying you? There's, it, I, I know what Xavier's going to be watching right before he gets out there into the ring is he's just going to put on white chicks and he's just yeah. going to be in this nice Zen state and he's just going to be ready to rock. It's, it's just, it's just the best movie ever. And no one can tell me otherwise. I, I'm with look, white chicks is such a classic. I, I talked about this actually talking about things like what do people still talk about? People still talk about white chicks. Yeah. People still talk about movies. And to me, if a movie has that kind of enduring legacy, that is really dope. Um, I'm guessing you're playing the WrestleMania video games as well too, because honestly watching you guys, like we were talking about it a minute ago. For me, you guys are like Cirque du Soleil. Like you have to like kill people and entertain. <laughs> like it's very gladiator. It's very that. It's not like, you know, LeBron's just trying to score as many points. You guys like have to then bring the audience with it. So yes, I'll be down we, to watch. We have our king who we look to and we, yeah, thumbs up. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's that's a real fresher rotten right there. You want to say we're binary? <laughs> is there no, is sorry. there a better movie than than Gladiator? Like, what's the movie? Not necessarily about wrestling proper, but just the movie that best captures the spirit of everything that is WWE wrestling. Um, every, uh, Jackie Chan's movies that he's made overseas. Okay. His American movie is fantastic, but when he makes his movies overseas and the production companies are behind him, he can shoot a scene as many times as he needs to and get them absolutely perfect. And I will always say Jackie Chan's the greatest pro wrestler of all time because he immediately is endearing. You love him. You love this man who runs a flower shop and just practices karate behind the scenes for no reason. And then the big bad guys come in and you're like, oh no, but he's just a flower shop salesman. But then he fights and you're like, oh, but then they beat him up too bad. And then you feel bad for him. And then at the end, he's the hero again. Like he he is, everything that he puts together is pro wrestling. Oh my God, the that's outtakes. the perfect yes, choice. That's, that's my cardboard cutout. That's Jackie Chan. Well, no, that's the perfect choice to talk about Rotten Tomatoes because in a way, Jackie Chan is the reason why we are even here talking to you because the founders of our site were in their you know dorm room trying to solve a bet on what was the best review Jackie Chan movies. And that is what made them do Rotten Tomatoes. They were like, well, let's come up with a system to sort of like judge that and Rotten Tomatoes was born. So in a way, we're all children of Jackie Chan as Rotten Tomatoes people. <laughs> I, that I had no idea and I like that. Now I now I like you guys so much more. Yeah. Because I'm <laughs> I'm only 30 movies away from having Jackie Chan's full collection of every movie he's ever been in. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, you, you 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 would have been in that dorm room. <laughs> That's a it. nugget that I totally forgot about that I knew, and I'm glad Jacqueline brought it back to the forefront. But Xavier, I can't let you go without asking you a little bit about your history with video games because you have your YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down, and you also do the podcast with Kofi, The New Day, Feel the Power. 
And it, it, what is the video game that you say, okay, that was the one that, that saw me go from, from little kid to man. That, that's the one that, that, that defines my life. The, the video game that took the most of your quarters, if it was at an arcade, or the most plays at home. Um, so, it's a, it, so the answer is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, and it's Genesis. Because, so, sorry? For Genesis? Genesis? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and it's because it's the first time Mm, okay, I'm gonna get weird, sorry. So I was a very awkward little kid. I'm a very awkward man. I can just mask it better now sometimes. Um, so I didn't have a ton of friends. My mom would make play dates so that I could play games with kids. And she said, oh, like when you're both holding a controller, that's when you finally open up. It's like you're completing the circuit. This is where you're comfortable. So this is what we'll do. And so I was always a video game kid and I didn't do sports. I wasn't like athletic. I didn't, I just didn't like any of that stuff. I just wanted to kind of chill. And so I was playing Sonic 2, and as you guys know, there's not like, oh, save points and all this stuff. Like, you get a game over, you're done. You start over at the beginning. So I'm playing Sonic 2, and I get to the end, and I'd never beaten a game fully by myself before. And I ran and got my parents and my sister, and they came in the room while I was playing it. And at the end of that game, you have to fight two bosses. There's like Metal Sonic, and you got to beat him, then you fight Big Robotnik. And so I got to my last life fighting both of them my very last life and Come I on. finally jumped and I hit it and I beat him and I freaked out and screamed and my dad put me on his shoulders and we're sprint, like jumping around the apartment and it was like in my head it was like this is what kids that are good at sports or good at something feel like I wasn't good at anything then and I always was so upset when I'd see people on tv like man they're good at soccer or basketball or like something where they're parents can like feel proud of them and I didn't have that and I was always searching for it and I found it through video games and Sonic the Hedgehog 2, like, it gave me that feeling of, wow, my family is proud of me, which oh, that's you, don't, great. You, don't, you don't think about with stuff like that, but that's what it was to me. And so it was in that moment where I was like, video games are my life now. Like, no matter what I'm doing, I will always come back to video games because video games showed me, like, it showed me, like, what these emotions are that I had never felt before. And it was like, I'm, I'm, you're always chasing that. You always want to feel good and feel appreciated. And that's, that's what it gave to me. Got to be honest, Jacqueline, didn't expect to, to well up when I we mean, were interviewing seriously. Xavier. That's a pretty good story. Gonna, this is the thing. Again, this is the W. They'll bring the tears. They'll bring the action. They'll bring the, this is my belt. I love that. I want, Austin, I want you back as soon as possible to talk about white chicks or anything you want to talk about, sir. Seriously. This was awesome. <sighs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I think that 15% with White Chicks is something that we can all debate. Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. I'll go back and I'll rewatch White Chicks this weekend um, while you are <laughs> dominating weekend. the world, hopefully. 
um, at WrestleMania. It's okay. at Raymond James Stadium. It, there's mm-hmm. going to be the cannons. The, the pirate ship is going to be there, as is the New Day, defending their belts. They are the current reigning tag team Raw champions. It's Xavier. <clears throat> it's Kofi. And today, it was a privilege to have Xavier Woods on the show. Quick last question, Xavier. The quick yes. last question. Yes. Is if you win the belts again, you're putting them on the line, you win the yeah. belts. Is it going to be a similar feeling to when you beat Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the very first time? You know what? I'm going to I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say no because 11-time champions. You got the <laughs> we, belt. Yeah. We've been here. We've been here. We've been here. If we lose them it's going to hurt. But when we when we retain them, we're supposed to, you know. So, I can't get too hyped. Because this this is this is just me. This is this isn't a championship that like swaps hands and when everybody gets a turn like kickball. Like no, this this right here belongs to me and it's supposed to. So when I win, when Kofi me Kofi win, we just raise them high. It's straight confidence. There's okay. no extra freaking out. We'll freak out on up up down down my YouTube channel where we play all the video games. We freak out on the New Day Pod hashtag, keeping the conversation. Check it out every Monday. And you know what? Matter of fact, also go to uuddshop.com and get this sweet merchandise. Up up. Check See, it out. I'm so happy I don't wear my sleeveless shirt that I usually do because I probably would have been humbled here. But uh, it, it's been no. great having you on. And, and now, Xavier, if you win, if if the New Day ends up winning this. Win, win, when we win. When you win, then it's going to be kind of a tradition that it's good luck to come on our show and then do the next WrestleMania. So if you win, then you just keep coming back before every WrestleMania. I think that just only makes sense. Well, I'm honestly, I've had a blast with you guys. I'll do this like next week if you want to <laughs> let's do it let's do it all right well we're gonna make sure you get out to your other stuff because again busy man i'm sure there is a weight somewhere just begging for you to lift up off the ground so we're gonna let you get out of here sir good luck at <laughs> wrestlemania thanks for joining us xavier woods thank you guys and everybody listen and check me out on twitter and instagram at austin creed win check out the youtube channel on twitter and instagram at up up down down without the o's and i'm a host on g4 so check out all that stuff when it gets rolling hopefully later this year we'll see Congrats on the gig, and that is hopefully the still tag team champion, Xavier Woods. It was so much fun chatting with WWE superstar Xavier Woods, one half of the current reigning tag team champions, the New Day, alongside Kofi Kingston. And reminder that the WWE Network is now on Peacock. So for more information, just go to PeacockTV.com slash WWE. That's where you're going to find WrestleMania live from Raymond James Stadium, April 10th and 11th. Jacqueline, he had a lot to say about a lot of the movies on this list and some that were not quite on this list. So now you and I get to sort of do a deep dive and unpack everything that we just heard from him and add some of our own thoughts with our behind the scenes section. When we just look at the history of video game movies, it's something that we touched upon at the top of the show is that I think that now video game movie directors have so much more to work with. They may not be able to take all of the source material now, whereas when you watch Super Mario Brothers, you I, I'm not going to give that movie a pass because it is just so awfully atrocious in so many different ways, but what were you going to do with that? It's two brothers. They look exactly alike. They do not talk at all. And the king hires them to rescue the princess. And uh, I, I don't know if Mario and uh, Princess Peach actually ended up getting married in the video game canon. But I, I kind of think that they just went back to their boring plumbing jobs. Right. Shout out to Bob Hoskins. Uh 
for for being in that one because he's amazing and i have love for super mario brothers deep in my heart also a friend of both of ours literally calls that his favorite movie of all time so andre is going to be very mad at you for even besmirching the memory of super mario brothers let alone favorite movie of Literally. all time we Not will kidding. let him come on we will let him come on and do this yeah, specific episode he's he's on the list to do super mario bros movie hey he's gonna be very upset with you for that he still is not happy with me because i'd spilled the tea on gremlins for him like he literally <laughs> is like this is really causing our friendship to be in question but <laughs> but no i mean you're right i think the film that does it really well as far as knowing what to leave and what to add is actually the Laura Croft series because it had a storyline that I think is more applicable to a narrative feature, which is one of the reasons why I think the one that with uh, Alicia Vikander, again, was a high watermark for a long time, even though it is you know still rotten. It was still a movie where I think people saw the backwards and forwards. On the other side of that, I think Warcraft, as much as I love that movie, if you're not really deep into the lore of World of Warcraft, you're going to feel very sort of left behind by that movie. And I think it, it is a balance, but some of these movies just don't lend themselves to a narrative structure. And if you, no, decide, to, if you decide to make a movie about that, you either have to say, hey, we know this is not going to be it or hey we know it's going to do what it can another movie that did that well is also rampage because it did enough it did enough changing and enough keeping it the same and to a certain extent you said this earlier about the fans and and leaving them i think video game movies are more like star trek in the sense of like it is much more i think enjoyable for the fans when it is something that has a huge fan base behind it to be more in tune to it. Angry Birds is just like very basic Betty. You don't need to be married to Angry Birds. Those fans aren't going to care, but people are going to care about how you do Assassin's Creed. People are going to care mm -hmm. how you do um, a soon to be uncharted. People are going to care how that movie um, gets pulled off. Um, yeah, what's even more interesting to me, and we should do an episode on this, is video games that have been made after the movie. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because there's there's so many games, particularly because like, I grew up in the Super Nintendo era. And so you would have video game based on the movie, like the Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, Super Return of the Jedi. Those games were awesome. And then you'd get like a Robocop versus Terminator, which was based on the Dark Horse comic book series. That was pretty sweet. But then you'd also have like really atrocious. Vi have you ever played the Ghostbusters game for original <laughs> Nintendo? Yes, it's terrible. The, worst game and it's one of those where you don't even care about winning it's the Milan's secret castle of the movies into video game world because there's no way to beat it there's no way to win the game I've never seen anybody win the game I have no idea what you even do in Ghostbusters I just remember you drive around for a little bit you run out of gas you walk into a building you go you you have to labor to walk upstairs and then my brother and I are like let's just play John Elway's quarterback this is awful and and the other thing about these video games is they're never going to have the amount of source material that something like a comic book adaptation is. If a comic book adaptation is running for a year, just weekly Wednesday Warrior runs for a year, it is going to have tons more, more source material or things that you can sort of go down to sort of fill in the backstory about than a video game. A video game, you know, you're talking maybe 100, 130 hours of gameplay. That's not enough 
to really then pull back from. One of the reasons why the first seasons of Game of Thrones were great is because they could just bathe in all of the stuff that George uh, gave them um, as far as stories and they could pick and choose. Video games are kind of a very st set structure, but it makes me think it's interesting too about like classic video games and, and, and their being able to do it on the small screen. Because I look at something like Castlevania, the television show, and that is brilliant. I think television is a place where these, and obviously Pokemon, long running television shows, I think television gives them a better chance with some of these stories. But again, most of the ones that they do on television series are already long running. But Castlevania was six games deep by the time they got their television mm -hmm. show. There, there's something I wanna bring up really quick, Produce, Producey Lucy here. Um, something that Tim said that I wanna get your thoughts on, which is Angry Birds, is the most fresh film, freshest film on the list, right? It's number one. And it doesn't have, like the game itself, there's not really a story there. Um, these pigs took my babies. Now we're gonna launch our little bodies <laughs> and get them back kind of thing, right? That's not a lot to work off of. And yet it did a really, you know, it, it's, a, it's a decent movie. It's a decent movie actually. And, <laughs> One of the articles that I read in the research was a Forbes article, three reasons video game movies always seem to be terrible. And the second kind of point that this person makes is the video games with good stories don't need to be movies. And Jacqueline, you brought up, did you bring up The Last of Us? Anyways. No, I games, didn't, but that's, that's right. one where it would make more sense. Right, like Last of Us, you've got Uncharted, these really complex, well-written stories, and it's the cutscenes and all that. And the point that this writer makes is ultimately that's the movie. It already exists. So usually the films with a really good backstory and, you know, like The Last of Us, where, you know, you actually stop to play the game to watch what's going on because it's so engrossing and it is good storytelling. You kind of don't need a movie for it in a way. And maybe that's why they're bad. But movies where you take the concept of the game like Angry Birds and then you kind of put your own, then you get really good writers and storytellers to make it the, you know, their own thing. Maybe that's why, you know, kind of conceptless video games do better um, at the box office. What See, do you guys think I, about I, that? I feel like it's what the audience walks into the theater with an attachment to. Because Angry Birds, you're not really attached to anything you might be addicted to playing the app, but it's not like you you love these characters or you love this story. And so the filmmakers, as opposed to Super Mario Brothers, where it's like, we don't know what to do with this. They knew that they had the freedom to tell whatever story they wanted to within that realm of Angry Birds, where I don't think that Warcraft had that luxury because Warcraft had a set of expectations from hardcore fans as to which characters you're going to highlight, what stories you're going to tell in there. That's why I think Sonic the Hedgehog is as high on the list as it is, is because that was the perfect compromise because the audience didn't really care what the story necessarily was, but they had a fervent attachment to this character. So as long as Sonic is highlighted in the light that they feel he should be represented that is worthy of the mythology, then I think they're going to have a good time. And Jim Carrey being able to pull off Dr. Robotnik certainly helped James Marsden just being there and, and existing <laughs> as a solid leading man. I've already it talked about my love for James Marsden, very believable white boy with black female leads. I love him. And he never gets the, <laughs> he never gets the shift that he should. I love shout out to James Marsden. I have, 
platonic love for you, sir. I am rooting for him in all things. Also, Warcraft, can I just also say this? Um, Duncan, the director of that one, um, was a huge fan of it. And mm -hmm. I think that that is one of the reasons why, although it didn't do well here, this thing still made a ton of money, nearly half a billion dollars. I like want to remind people Warcraft, like in a lot of people's estimation was this huge flop and not a lot of folks were into it. And yes, China was a significant portion of that, but they're also the biggest fans of Warcraft. So to that, to me, and it had a 73% audience score. So although the critics didn't like it, as far as what I think matters in the long run, especially with video games movies, as I think a lot of critics go into this being like, this is stupid. Like even if they are gamers, there's a little bit of silliness to these games being in a cinematic setting, some of them, especially, you know, the the lesser entries. And so I like the fact that this movie got fans where it got fans in the feels. It got them to like it because again, you're doing a Warcraft movie poorly, it, it goes so sideways. The fact that the movie's even watchable to me is um, a bigger um, sort of testament to what's possible and what it can do. Warcraft. Uh, according to, uh, let's start with box office because worldwide Warcraft is number one in the history of video game movies, and it's it, it's it's pretty close because Detective Pikachu crushed overseas as well. That's number two, and Rampage did really well, and then it drops off a fair amount before you get into your Angry Birdses of the world. But here in the states, it's a different story because the it's still the Lara Croft adjusted for inflation, I believe the the Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie playing Lara Croft is still number one all time at the domestic box office. And then you have Pokemon, the first movie, the animated one from 99. And then Mortal Kombat is in third place with one hundred and forty eight million adjusted for inflation, because back then I could mow a lot fewer lawns to get uh, money to go see the movie and get some popcorn. But as far as the tomato meter, World of Warcraft is not anywhere close to the top 10, Jacqueline, right? No, it's not 15. as far as the tomato meter. It's like what, 40s, 15. 30s? 15. So oh, wow. it's oh. no, well, it's no, no, sorry. It's no. number 15 with yeah. a 28 oh, rotten score. Oh, yeah. is it? It's too oh, okay. rotten. Too rotten. Okay. Dude, I, I cared about people or, or orcs or I, I can't remember the name of the creatures. And I apologize to all the creatures of that species watching. But it was like a perfect storm. You had like three different factions all coming into. It was like watching WrestleMania. You had three different just hulking, monstrous, ripped species that are <laughs> coming in to this one centered area to wage an epic battle. And I did care about some of the backstory it, and I got some of the same touches of emotion as when you see an Ewok eat it in Return of the Jedi, where it's, I, I care about humans. I am a human, contrary to what some people say about me online. I am a member of the human race, but man, do I care about animals more than humans in movies. Um, I do. So how do you feel about Rampage? Cause that's my, what's one of my Ooh. favorites on the list? That George. monkey? George, George? I, I I don't care about The Rock and his relationship with Carla Gugino and Skyscraper at all. Right. Do not care about it at all. But <laughs> The Rock mm -hmm. and George, mm -hmm. yeah. I, 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 I it, as the young people like Jack would say, I stand it and I ship it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, that Why movie, that I... movie punched me in the, the gut when, mm -hmm. when he dies at the end. And I was like, I actually shed a tear I'm a grown ass woman and I, I cried a little, but then when he flips him off, I was like, praise the Lord. He's, 
He's alive. Wait, he, yeah, I was gonna say, did I just repress that memory because I love George so much? No, no, so he much? he almost they did fake okay. it out that he was gonna they die. Fake his death. Also, yeah. I want to like correct the record. I believe Mark and I could have gone to the same high school and been there at the same time. So I don't. I'll appreciate him trying to make me seem that I'm younger, but I'm like not that much younger. I think it's well, just if you. If Mark has embraced his old his old man more than I have embraced my old lady. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, it, you look at Jacqueline's Instagram stories recently, and th there's a lot of uh, Ma from Golden Girls pics that uh, are representative. <laughs> no, of seriously though, mood. I am. I I yeah. I don't want to re-enter society. And I think that that is a very old lady tactic because all the young kids are like, "Let me go out. I want to do Molly and rave." And I'm like, "What? That's me." No. <laughs> I'm going to go do Molly and Ray. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? I want to like lay down, take a nap. And hopefully nobody, I went out, uh, shopping for the first time past weekend. And within 30 minutes, I was like, I don't know if humans was the best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it was they... like lines and traffic and people yelling at each other. And I was like, oh, we're back. I'm and so pumped back. to get back on stage this summer doing stand up. But other than that, like, I don't need to go out at raves with the only Molly I need in my life is the one that, again, is at daycare right now because she woke me up. At f that's the deal. That's the deal in the Ellis household from now on. You wake me up at four in the morning and you don't let me go back to bed. You're going to daycare and you're getting a bath. So, <laughs> Jacqueline, I, I want to toss this to you before we close up shop. And we have a great email to read, too. Yeah. Um, it, we asked it to Xavier when we were talking to him. And so now I want to pinball it over to you what is the video game property that and i'm gonna let you say like you can have it be like a a, a serial on like netflix or or hulu or something like that what is the video game property that you say that has to be either on the big screen or the small screen of assassin's creed absolutely i'm currently you got it yeah, no but i want a, a series i want a series i want a castlevania series i would have okay. said castlevania before they gave me that um, I also think that the fables, the telltale fables, mm -hmm. which like, it's like the, you know, choose your own adventure games. I think that would be a very interesting series as well, but I want to see Assassin's Creed done. Well, I still love that movie. It's got Fassberg in it. Um, and Marianne Cotillard, I love her so much. She's French and awesome, but I think that movie could be serialized because they go to separate places. I mean, they just came. They they're 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 Vikings and they've done ships. They've done pirates. They've done 18th century um, London with syndicate. In addition to the Italian, like literally right in the center of it, Templars like at the time Leonardo da Vinci and stuff. Like, let's go. This has so much there. Um, so yeah, that's the the first one for me. But then right after that would be Fables. Which okay. is the dark twist on the what happens after happily ever after. So, you know, you have Snow White and the Beast and all of these folks and some of them are drug addicts and some of them are in abusive relationships. But yeah, it's a dark twist on the grim story fairy tales, but a modern dark twist, not the like sort of like hey look those dwarves got the uh, i hate the pun but they got the short end of the stick they literally did everything short of dropping her off at the airport and walking into the airport to pick snow white up and they they got the shaft i bet she never even talks to him i bet no. she never even sends him a christmas card and it's wrong it is wrong what how snow white is treating her dwarf friends who again rescued her and saved her life before this it, it, nothing just waltzes in gives her one 
peck on the cheek and all of a sudden, oh, okay, now I'm back and that's my guy and thanks dwarves, I'll never see you again. So here's the video, and by the way, Jacqueline, I'm very sorry to have to admit this to you. I have still never seen Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender because it came out around Christmas and I was already traveling home and everybody's had such bad things to say about it. I'm like, well, I don't need to do this to myself. So It's my bad, it's absolutely bad. Don't eat that food unless you like the restaurant, seriously. I will wait for your streaming show to come out. So. Yeah. The, if, if you want to make a billion dollars, and I'm talking to movie studios now, if you want to make a billion dollars at the box office, just domestically, here's what you do. You either go back to Nintendo and you make a Kirby's Adventure movie because all the kiddies are going to love that little pink gob, or you go up to my Sega Genesis days and you make an Earthworm Jim movie. Earthworm Jim <gasps> was yes. such a fun character. He was quippy. He was funny. If you left him frozen for too long, he'd start dancing. And it was the advent of that sort of fun in video games. Earthworm Jim is going to make you a billion dollars at the box office. I don't know why people have not greenlit this yet. My streaming service pick is a predictable one. And we almost got it. We almost got this in movie form over a decade ago and then it morphed into something else then it eventually just became district nine and that is halo i want to see a halo movie i love the game aren't they doing one they they've been doing one for 15 years peter jackson had the rights and because they cast a very the the fine leprechaun from american gods what's his name uh pablo shriver okay he's master chief all right we got to move on to our email segment, which is actually very exciting today. Do we have music for the emails? Let's let's hit the music. Just every time I hear it, I imagine Fatty Arbuckle trying to pull his pants up because somebody's at the door. All right. This is our email where you can email us anytime with your thoughts, your 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 witticisms, your questions. We are here for our fans, RT is wrong at RottenTomatoes.com is the email address. And we have two emails today. First one, hey, Mark and Jacqueline and Producey Lucy. My name is Dylan Gawler. I am almost 13 years old and I want to be a film critic. I'm making a YouTube channel that will be up next year. You guys inspire me and add so much fun to my life. Your podcast provides so much fun to me in those boring moments. Please keep it coming. I was wondering if you had any advice on being a critic. I was thinking you should do an episode on Back to the Future Part 3. It's really overrated. I hate it. I'd love to talk to you guys sometime. Personally, I mean, but fan mail is good, too. Consider emailing me at his email address. You guys felt like friends to me, and I deeply appreciate you all. Thank you for reading. I hope to hear from you. Well, Dylan, uh, I appreciate you as well. Thank you for letting us into your community, and good luck with the YouTube channel, Jacqueline. Do you have any advice for Dylan Gollard, or is your advice simply you should rewatch Back to the Future 3 because it's better than you think? <laughs> That's your advice, but I will go ahead and spout that. Honestly, I'm so inspired by anybody who wants to join this, this industry. I will say, um, I will give the advice that I was given when I was first early on this, which is um, always be prepared in the sense of like always just go about this like even though it's everything about it is always be prepared as much as possible always be curious about movies and filmmaking there is no one who knows everything there's no one who's seen every movie and being curious about movies is really the only requirement to be somebody who can have um thoughts about movies and i would just say the last thing is is be kind because in this industry there's plenty of the not so if you can keep those three things you're gonna have a great time and just have fun. I mean, it's it's movies, so have fun with it. 
Dylan, I also want to say your email was so sweet. I almost, I don't know why, maybe I'm just really tired, but I, I shed a little tear as well. So this and Aww. Rampage, both making me, but I do want to say too, to add to what Jacqueline and Mark said is um, in terms of advice is like, just obviously you're very well writ. You're, I, I was really impressed with your email and, but keep writing, keep writing, keep watching films and and thinking about movies and the different perspectives when you're kind of analyzing a film. Um, well, Dylan, as much as I appreciate Lucy and Jacqueline's <laughs> professionalism, um, Jacqueline's lying to you. I know everything about movies and I have seen every movie besides Assassin's Creed. That's the only one that's, that's a hole in my list. No, I mean, it's the same advice that I would give to anybody who wants to try doing standup is don't go for shock value. Don't, don't go for hot takes. Don't, don't try to be, um something you're not if if you happen to have a genuine opinion that is a hot take go for it lean into it but just be honest honesty like when i was 13 it wasn't the number one priority in my life but honesty will always lead you in the right direction so just be honest with your fans be honest with yourself when with a movie even if you had a high expectations if you didn't like it be honest if you had low expectations it surprised you be honest so all you got to do and the only thing i'll say about back to the future 3 it's a good movie it's just nothing will ever top the original back to the future it's physically impossible to do so so i don't know what we call fans like dylan yet because we have so many great fans but we need a collective name for them but our next email has some suggestions so this is from danielle kastner and danielle says hey gang a few ideas for what you could call your could guess the ketchup crew Little Tomatoes, or just Tomatoes, Rotten Scoundrels, I like that, but the fun kind, Freshers, Certified Guests, and 75 Percenters. I thought this was for our fans. This is actually for, for people that we welcome onto the show, maybe like a Dylan Goller one day. What do we like? Do, I, I like the Ketchup Crew. I like the Ketchup Crew. Um, I the also like, um, what was the other one? It was like this, the Certified Fresh. What was the, Give me certified the list. Certified Guests. Certified Guests. Get certified guests of the pod, I really like. Certified guests of the pod is what I like for folks to come on. And the ketchup crew, I think, is great for people listening. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Dylan right now is in the ketchup crew, and one day he might be a certified guest. But yes. the other thing we could do is I really like just calling them dirty, rotten scoundrels. But but <laughs> let's just do it from now on. But don't tell the guests we're doing it or why we're doing it. Just like every guest, just like, okay, and here they are, a dirty, rotten scoundrel. And they'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? That's that's our thing from now on. Danielle, I love your suggestions. I'm pretty sure one of them might be something we go with. But keep them coming. This is awesome. I'm horrible at naming things. And I know everyone listening to this is way more creative. I, I'm like, I'm like, I feel the power. Come on, give us your give us your guesses. But Danielle, you, you really hit it out of the gate to start. You should be naming television shows and, and theme songs for everyone. <laughs> All right, I have some trivia that's uh, that's going to be fun. Um, before we do that, I want to remind everybody once again, thank you for emailing us. Thanks for listening. If, if you are listening, you want to hit a couple of those buttons that either help rate or review or get those likes up, whatever you prefer to do on your podcast platform of choice, we always appreciate it. And once again, you can email us anytime. RT is wrong at RottenTomatoes.com. Fun video game movie trivia. This is an easy, it's not an easy one, but it was easy for me to come up with just because this is my favorite name in the history of names. And the trivia question for Jacqueline and Lucy, if she wants to play, is the Tomb Raider that starred Alicia Vikander was directed by who? It's my favorite name ever. 
The Tomb Raider that starred Alicia Vikander was directed by whom? Who directed it? I got the nothing. greatest name in the history of civilization. Mark something. Uh, Chris Christopherson. That's a cool name, <laughs> and you can never go wrong naming your kid Mark, but the answer is Roar Uthog. What? No. Roar Uthog. I, I believe it's Norwegian, but it sounds so Viking and just kick-ass and mythological and Asgardian. It, it roar Uthog. Nobody ever doesn't want a friend in your circle, especially if you're at a bar and some stuff's going down. You want Roar Uthog in your corner. Ooh, we need to do one about married couples that have both been in video game movies because I just realized Alicia Vikander, Michael Fassbender, both starring roles mm -hmm. in video game movies. Okay. And I'm I can't to think, think of Mila anybody Yolovich. else. I cannot think of. Well, Mila, uh, Mila Yolovich was married to one of the directors of. Resident He's still Evil. married. Still married, right? Yeah. And the the director, PS PW PS PS I love you. Paul W. S. Anderson. What yeah. I, I he just so goes confused. by he just goes by um W. S. Anderson now because I think okay. like people were like, which one? Not PTA. You know what I mean? Like The uh, Magnolia guy? No, not that one. Yeah, I, I don't know if he does, but I'm pretty sure he just does uh W. S. Anderson now because of the confusion. But I, I don't quote me on that. I would rather watch a Paul W.S. Anderson movie than a PTA movie. And I'm the only person that's going to say that, but that is how I feel. And that is how I'm closing out the show. Go watch all these movies we're talking about and give us your feedback. What is your favorite? What is your least favorite video game movie of all time? And most importantly, your favorite that you pick is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about that particular film. And make sure everybody checks out our new best friend, uh, a, a member of the catch-up crew, a member of the certified guests, the, the rotten scoundrel that is, Xavier Woods at WrestleMania this April 10th and 11th. It's on Peacock. Enjoy it with Jacqueline and myself. Email us, subscribe, rate, review. We did all that stuff, Jacqueline. So the last thing to do is to tease all of our uh, freshies, <laughs> the catch-up crew, with what we're doing next week. It's going to be a debate. It's going to be a debate. I mean, is yep. it though? Um, we're going back to a recent controversy and going into television, which is something that we haven't really done um, since we've been here. We're going to talk about season eight of Game of Thrones because Lord knows not enough was said. And I will have my Starbucks coffee cup ready for this conversation where we break I down see what you did, um, where things went so, so dragonly wrong. It's going to be fun because I enjoy Game of Thrones. I, I can't necessarily name any of the characters offhand, but I see them. I'm like, oh, I like him, her. And then I don't like oh, that's that a one. Great, that's a great. I remember. I think the first Screen Junkies Honest trailer did that joke. It's like, name this guy. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's fire, dude. <laughs> Shout out to the honest trailers kids because that that joke is absolutely true. Nobody knows what those people's names are unless you're one of the book nerds, in which case you've been insufferable for years. So we don't want to talk to you anyway. Anyway, kids, we'll see y'all for that discussion next week. Even the I book love nerds. People and their feelings about Game of Thrones. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. For Jacqueline Coley, our incredible engineer, Christian Rubalcaba, Producey Lucy. I am merely Mark Ellis. Thank you, Xavier Woods, and we'll see y'all next week.